Welcome to Talk Too Late. Welcome back, everybody. I am Game Too Late. This is Talk Too Late, the game, the game show in which we talk about games from two years ago, and we will also look at news, video games industry news from two years ago. And then we will be also throwing in some topics and things, and I'll be quizzing and uh, prodding my two amazing guests. You know them for sure. I'm talking about Mick. Hi, guys. My name is Mick, and this glass is invisible now. Fantastic. You come from Welcome. the future, we can tell from the background. And uh, from the very Nintendo-ish lens of Zelda comes our other guest, Prozil. Hi guys, this is Prozil, and this bottle of water... <laughs> I didn't work. Uh, okay. <laughs> and this bottle of water is blurred. Anyway, incredible, incredible instruments and tool tools at the service of the Talk Too Late shows. Uh, you can find us, as always, on YouTube and, of course, on your favorite podcasting platforms. How are you guys? What have you been up to? What, what Have you been playing? Anything cool? Yeah, what? actually, a lot of cool things. What's up? What, what, what's, I mean, what's up? I've been playing... Have you seen me, I think? You, yeah, you've seen me. I've been playing um, The Walking Dead Season 1. I've been replaying it, actually. Yeah. Do you, did you just... remember anything? I remembered like the major plots deals like you know the very big deals and mm -hmm. I kinda didn't remember the minor details which still impressed me especially because now I'm playing the game way differently than like six oh. years ago now I don't care about people's feelings cool. I don't really go and talk with people just want to see the action all right, right, cool. It's if you guys have not followed our previous episode, go and check it out. It's very interesting. We talk in great lengths about Telltale and The Walking Dead yep. because Telltale, exactly two years ago, went bankrupt and they had to fold the company. It was a big mess. We explained it all in our previous episode. Prozil, what did you play, if anything? So I'm playing Zelda: Link's Awakening. Ah, on Switch. Yeah, on Switch. You pretty old school game. Yeah. Old school riddles, but pretty impressive for the time mm. it was released. Yeah. That was a Game Boy originally. Yes. Yep. So if you play and the remake, it. And then Game Boy Color. Yeah. If you play the remake, it's curious to see how how they could put so many riddles on on Game Boy. But it's very old school. Don't expect it's not easy at all. Those mm. games have have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Well, speaking of games, let's dive into the schedule of the games released two years ago in this two weeks, the first two weeks of October of 2018. I'm showing you, if you are watching, if you are only listening to the podcast, what I'm, we're seeing on screen now is the release schedule of the first two weeks of October. It wasn't a really busy first two weeks of October two years ago but it was okay it was still okay we're looking at games like Batman the Enemy Within which is some Telltale game again Telltale comes back I haven't played the Batman Telltale I've actually played this one I think I played only the first episode though is it worth checking out mm. great great answer I think I think that's it it's okay is, is this like one of the ones that I think there were that like did it start feeling like it was a bit old yes yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah like they were really copy pasting yeah the formula which works yeah so bravo around, glad you, yeah. you could feel it around the same time they were also doing the wolf among us which i did mm -hmm. play you can find on my youtube yeah. channel it's okay but again it does feel like a pretty big overlap with the experience of the walking dead it's really copy pasty anyway yeah. that was two years ago it arrived on nintendo switch again another platform another game ported to nintendo switch but the bigger title was probably uh among another one together with another one is forza horizon 4 i'm not a big forza player but there you go this is when forza team uh turn 10 the development studio tried to do something new with forza with the brand they tried to do like an open world they try to you know 
do something slightly different. I think, you know, Forza players probably appreciated it. I've got no idea, but I guess it was received pretty well. There you go. The score line is actually yeah, pretty all, impressive. All the 20 people that play Forza really enjoyed it. Well, you know, it's a big title, especially if you're yeah, on Xbox. I guess it's one of their strong exclusives, of course, but... If you're one of those guys that buys one video game every year and it's Forza, hmm. you really enjoyed this. Totally. It seems to be a pretty major one. So, yeah, that was a pretty big deal, but we haven't played it. Another game that we haven't played it, but was a pretty big deal for us, was First Fist, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise, which for many Europeans should simply be called the game of Kenshiro. Yes. That, that should have been the title. They really missed their chance, I think. They should have just called Where? it, this is the game of Kenshiro, like the title. <laughs> this is the game of oh, Kenshiro. Oh, ratatatata. I mean, I'm curious about the game. I haven't played it, but you know, it's, it's, the story Pretty goes, cool. the story goes that this is some sort of fight muso JRPG brawler very much in the vein of the Yakuza games. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. it's pretty much developed by the Yakuza games, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah. I think this is the same the version they, It's the same version they released on PS3. I think no. No, 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 was, no, no. That was, that was actually a real Muzo. This one is a little bit more Yakuza yeah. style. This is proper. This is actually a proper game, as far as I understood. Like, this is like Ken versus like yeah. three, four people. That one was like Ken against a thousand, thousand. people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think this I'm one not... is it's really yeah. more like the Yakuza games. And uh, you're watching it in slow motion now. And uh, it's actually running on the same engine that uh, that moves Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Kiwami 2. So it's a pretty solid engine, if you ask me. You have still this big hordes of people, so it does feel a bit like a muso. But yeah, it, it does look pretty neat. And during the game, you actually have moments where you do not fight, but you have side quests and you go around villages. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a Kenshiro title, I guess. So that's, um, that's, that's, I am really curious about it. I'm really curious about it, but I haven't, haven't had the chance to check it out. The truth is that if you are a big fan like me of the Yakuza games, why would you go again into playing a game that really is sort of a reskin operation of Yakuza? True. So you see, you have moments like this where you go around towns and you this is set in the devastated uh sprawls and lands of the kenshio saga but yeah basically Mad max but with chinese yeah and look at the menu if even just by looking at the menu we realize it's it's a yakuza game you do yeah cool anyway this was first of the north star which arrived two years ago and it was received okay as you can see there was a fairly sufficient across the board it was considered a seven or an eight but it was it was okay it was okay and there is an article from two years ago from Eurogamer which simply subs it fish fist of the north star a lesser yakuza which is a pretty good pretty good way to recap the game it's just a lesser yakuza but still i've never seen i've never seen kenshiro with like a, a, a smoking a tuxedo yeah yeah tuxedo yeah Strange, when, right? When is that set? Which universe is that? In the Yakuza universe, <laughs> where your where your where your main character always has to do some sort of funny side quest or random side quest. So that that's what happens. Speaking of randomness, let's talk about a game that can be random and that I haven't bothered playing in a while. And I want you guys your opinion because I want you guys, I want you to tell me how you guys felt. When this game came out two years ago, I'm talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, my question specifically is, is, is if you have, of course, played the game or feel or checked out the game at all. And I wanted to ask you how you guys felt about this game and Assassin's Creed. Now there is a new Assassin's Creed. I'm asking you because my real question is, should we really play an Assassin's Creed at this point? I like the don't worry about previous lore. Like, we didn't. You don't worry about previous lore. <laughs> yeah, uh, frankly, this is a good point because I don't want to. I, I, 
I think like a lot of other people, I fell out and fell fell out of touch with the saga. So I'm actually looking for a new Assassin's Creed where I can just pick it up without worrying about the main main saga. I just want to try out what the Assassin's Creed have become. So maybe this is actually a good point for them. They, they probably did a good job highlighting this because I don't want to have anything to do with the previous lore. I cannot be bothered. I think you would actually enjoy it. Okay. Did you guys play it at all? Nope. Okay, nobody cares. No. Cool. There is and I know that is is it has the same mechanic as the Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm. Um, and to me it's not pointing to having an Assassin's Creed because also the story doesn't really connect. It's like a prequel, but doesn't really have anything to do with Assassin's Creed because there are not even assassins. Uh, there is this character that is Cassandra, which is forcing a female character into into gaming. So to me, it's like something very uh, yeah, classical Ubisoft crap. When they don't have new ideas or new IP, they pull something like that. Uh, the game is probably one of the best from many points of view, but it's not an Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's or, the... origins. Origins seems to be more interesting because it's it explains you why the why the blade was created and this kind of stuff. But this one is not really an Assassin's Creed. Like, not, doesn't really fit any purpose of Assassin's Creed. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I think they were trying to restart the brand without actually having to reboot. The brand maybe they're just trying to start yeah, a new storyline and kind of get rid of the baggage of the past i mean this is, i think this is either maybe the first one or the second one of those assassin's creed that haven't been developed one year after the other so you mm. really gave it more time to bake yeah and it shows it's it's really a remake it's really a reboot as you say okay Cool. Well, that's that's not bad. I mean, I'm obviously yeah. pretty curious about the new one, Valhalla, which will come out now in 2020. So you can we can tell now that they actually at least took two years, because in the past, as you said, it would have been just a yearly release. Knowing that there is two years of space between the two titles is sort of reassuring. Yeah. To, to me, Assassin's Creed, it really finishes with. Uh, Desmond's mm. uh, with Desmond's saga. That's that's how it finished. Although the the Black Flag is one of the best. Yeah. But then the story behind Upstairs and all those stuff that was keeping you know keeping you the the whole thing between Assassins and Templars it's it's gone. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, you never know how that is gonna end up, which is very bad. So to me, Assassin's Creed Three is the is the end. So we're talking about 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so you see, I mean, one thing that keeps me from wanting to play this game is having to deal with these huge spaces and I don't want to, to have a huge map. Of course, you know, you can use the horse, that's reassuring, but, um, you know, maybe maybe it's not exactly what I'm looking for. I just want to remind you that Metal Gear Solid V didn't have huge maps. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> well, look, an assassination. Fantastic. Now, nice. we can go back to uh, our release schedule because pretty much that was the bigger release of October 2018 in the early October. But there are still two games that are worth talking about. One is Call of Duty Black, so Black Ops 4. Do you guys try Call of Duty these days? <clears throat> right? I think Mick We're does. We're boomers. Well, I played like... The very last one. Which one is it? I completely forgot. <laughs> exactly. I've got no idea. It's mo modern wolf warf warfare. Modern welfare. It's basically, you get you get to the, the, the bank and they give you a check <laughs> modern, every modern, <laughs> every month. Modern welfare. Yes. And what's black? <laughs> I think I recently played World at now. That thing that came out free on <laughs> PlayStation. I've got know. no idea. It was super boring. It was super we are boring. super boomers. That's the truth. It was so boring, man. I, I, I mean, I was really curious. We were talking about it with Prozil. I was really curious about finally playing another Call of Duty set in World War II. 
don't remember the game. I think after after 25 years, you can't play Call of Duty anymore. It's just boring. You just have to go through these trenches. There are spawns of enemies, and then all this super action was built on top of this simple setups you know like go there shoot people and then there is like a fucking train wreck and then there are planes and tanks and it's like damn this is like Consid this is extenuating extenuating i cannot talk today considering sorry. the uh, a patch nowadays of call of duty is like 300 gigabytes uh, i don't see the future of call of duty in next gen honestly I wonder why the patches are so big for a game like Call of Duty. Like, it's not like you have 60 hours of voiceovers and cutscenes. Is I would expect that sort of stuff from games with a lot of VOs, games with a lot of languages, etc. But it's strange, strange that the Call of Duty patches end up being so expensive in terms of storage. They have to sneak in some microtransaction, you know. Maybe, but maybe you have maybe to download. Yeah, maybe you have to download a lot of libraries and assets that you don't get to use even. But I don't know. I'm seeing it on the PC. It, it the the modern welfare that I that I'm playing. It keeps downloading things 24/7. But yeah, I'm I'm adjusting the shaders. Yeah, now I'm fixing the textures. It's it's always downloading something. Damn. I don't know. It's like a platform which you have to keep updated locally. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Another title that pretty much uh, wraps up and concludes uh, our uh, release schedule overview is Luigi's Mansion, which arrives to 3DS. This is basically a port of the game that originally came out on GameCube, which I never played, but there are a lot of fans out there, and this arrived ported to 3DS with some little improvements. At the same time, there was another old Nintendo game that arrived on Nintendo Switch this time, is The World Ends With You Final Remix. The World Ends With You is this really stylish game. I don't know if you guys have seen this. And uh, it's really interesting. It's some sort of visual novelist JRPG-ish. But I never played it and I, I really wanted to, but apparently the sporting was pretty terrible. But yeah, anyway. You actually said JRPG into a sentence. Like my brain completely disconnected. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I said JRPG, <laughs> it's just uh, exactly. like, oh, sorry, I stopped caring. Anyway, this is a game that was really ahead of its time when it's when it came out on Nintendo DS, and that wraps up our schedule from two weeks from two weeks from this two weeks of two years ago. But we can peek at the next episode and see what's waiting for us. Dark Souls Remastered came in late October. And Somebody uh, has to talk about that. Yeah, Just Dance 2019 came out. Oof. And uh, let's see, Castlevania Requiem or even Lego Harry Potter Collection. We cannot wait to talk about these games on our next episode. And... I'm gonna finish this little episode and this segment for now by showing you guys guys a little a little something. Just um, this little article from two years ago. These are Game Boy themed Air Jordan Nike shoes. How much do you want them? Don't you love them? Those are very boomer shoes. Come on. Let me say so. This looks very retro, but they actually came out two years ago. And apparently, huh. they must have done well. Uh, this part here is pretty nice, actually. Look at it. Oh. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I really like that. Not bad. I wonder how much they cost. Oh, there you go. $1,350. Fair enough. Fair Easy. enough. But apparently, they did Cheap. sell them out because the following year, so one year ago, they did some more. So they did this other thing. I don't know. Castle Westbrook wore a pair of custom Super Second Service one are sneakers. Very ugly. Yeah, this one I wear not were not for Michael Jordan. They were for this other player. They did this, and there you go. Uh, look. Really ugly shoes. The no, second not one. Not as good as the first one. This one. Yeah, no. I wouldn't spend a thousand dollar on it seriously. No. And this pretty much wraps up our, you know panoramic view over the release of two years ago. We're going to inter interrupt the video and invite you guys to watch our second part of the show where we're going to talk about 
video Tokyo arcades and a lot of other topics related to Metal Gear, related to Sony, to to the next Nintendo Switch console. I'm gonna see you in a short while, and if you're listening to the podcast, just stay tuned. Next episode is coming. Thank you guys for participating so far. Thank you. Bye bye. Welcome to the Talk Too Late shows. I'm joined by Mick and Prozil, as you already know. Hi guys. Hey, welcome. Pro- <laughs> Prozil is doing push-ups. Spring Prozil. <laughs> it looks very mechanic because it's because it's using the effects of filtering, the of Skype, terrible Skype. We are here today today to talk very briefly about this article from two years ago because in this show. We talk about games and uh, video games industry news from two years ago. So this article of two years ago takes us on a tour of Tokyo's best arcades. I personally have been in Japan and in Tokyo and visited quite a few arcades. And so has our Prozil, our guest Prozil. Mick, however, Thank has never left his nest because he's young. Let me out! He's nice because he's young, as you can see him, he's in this cyberpunk world where he's kept prisoner. He's not even a real place, let me out! And he's never visited uh, arcades, in general, in life, because where we come from, the three of us are Italians, there were not many arcades, but personally, and I think it's the same for Prozil, uh, I have very fond memories of Sala Giochi in Italian. Uh, because when I was a kid, I used to go, especially in the summer when I was on a holiday trip with my parents, I used to go to arcades, and I was lucky enough to actually visit arcades when there were 2D games, and I could see the transition to 3D. I remember Mm. watching arcades with the first 3D video games, like the first Daytona. Mick, you've got no idea, you're too young, you've got no idea what it was like to see the cabinet of Daytona. Prozil, I'm gonna did, Google it. Did you did you yeah. did you experience that same step? No, I saw the cabinet of Outrun. Oof. And I yeah. saw the cabinet oh, of. Oh yeah, uh, this. V Rally. Wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mind blowing. The... I think this kind of cabinet might be the reason why I took my driver license at 27. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Rad Racer I, as well. There was is. another big one. Uh, or Rod Rush, maybe it was Rod Rush. Now I don't remember mm. exactly. And then there was a, a football game. There was a football game that where you had the ball, and you were kicking the ball uh, mm. in, yeah. inside the arcade. But that was pretty rare. That was for huge. Same goes for Street Fighter. Uh, in all the arcade in the bar, you could find the two or three bottom version, but the the arcade one had six bottoms. So people were looking at the real version and playing that one. It yeah. was more expensive than others. Mm. But before a kid were were affordable, like yeah, with with the current the, with equivalent of one euro, you could do five matches. Yeah, yeah, you would yeah. pay you would pay something like twenty cents to actually yeah. play to have a coin, yeah. you know, hundred lira. Yeah, with two hundred liras exactly, and uh, literally you would get deals. If you were exchanging in one go, if you were exchanging 5,000 liras, they would obviously throw in a few extra coins for you, like as an incentive. And you will play a lot of old games, like the ones we're seeing here, the mechanical pinball-like games where you have to press button, or you would have air hockey, you know, the one with the little discs on the board. Um, so, you know, the, the, I was really, I have really fond memories. And when I visited Japan and I was looking at their arcade culture, I, I realized that it's still completely different. I think that in Europe, we had our own version of the arcade phenomenon in the 80s and early 90s. Because, yes, we received a lot of Japanese games, we could see the technology improving through the ages. But we, I think that the games back then were must have been slightly different in Japan. But anyway, the difference between Europe and Japan is surely in the fact that Japan still has arcade, whereas Europe arcades are pretty much gone. They are decimated, and if you find them, you find them in touristy places where they are, you know, they are there to keep the children busy, and you usually just buy 
coins to win tickets and redeem simple prizes like a pen or a USB stick. And um, yeah, I mean, just um, yep. just yep. in Europe, they're dead. In Japan, they're very much alive, of course, reduced. It's a culture. It's yeah, it's obviously reduced, but, you know, um, still, still uh, present and very much, very much popular indeed. So my question for the both of you, we have definitely lost something with the disappearance of arcades. But the question for this segment is, do you think there is a solution or a possible market or a possible way and reason to bring back arcades? Could there be a way to for arcades to survive? Granted, I, uh, I live in a town like Prozil, like, we live in London where arcades are actually still present somewhere and you can still go to arcades but they are usually major brand arcades like arcades from Bandai Namco where they actually own the place and recently some pubs have been making a lot of gaming nights where they have consoles out, where they have pinballs and they are sort of turning their pub into an arcade as well-ish but the situation is that. So what do you guys see in terms of solutions? To me, so now with COVID and everything, I don't see that coming back anytime yeah. soon because COVID killed it them. Will be, yeah, it would it would be unsafe uh, touching the same bottoms and sticks yeah. that someone else does. Yeah. Same goes for when you you may spit on the screen and etc. etc. So uh, I don't think that's happening, but I I can see that we may have a return of the arcade in a streaming fashion or in an online mode where uh, you would enter an arcade and stream the game and maybe mm. pay, you know, those 20, 50, 50, 50 cents uh, for, uh, for a, for a match. streaming. Yeah, for a match online. I see that's, up, that's I, I would see that as a possibility. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, what I think like arcade can bring in terms of innovation is you know, those cabinets like driving the car or when you have peripherals that you cannot definitely have at home, mm. which will be interesting. Uh, someone else should come up with the idea and promote that, but definitely I don't see that happening anytime soon. But with streaming, uh, I can see that happening and, you know, sponsoring tournaments, things like that. Uh, I think that could be a thing in the future also for gaming industries. Uh, but to me, playing an arcade with one pound per, 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 per match, which is now the current price in London, is far too expensive. Yeah. Especially because when you play, for instance, a racing game, or if you, if you spend one pound and you play a motor race game, uh, that would be just a single race, and then you're done. And I think that's very expensive. So it's not it's not affordable. Well, I'm looking at the pictures now and I'm sort of lost because there is this uh, this arcade. It's called uh, Natsuge Museum in Japan, where everything is original. Like the the cabinets are not running an emulator like they do these mm -hmm. days. They are yeah. running the original hardware, so you can play with the original hardware here. You see. And it's really, really awesome. incredible. Like you can play the original Super and Gone. Do you remember this? I remember this cabinet with the bike, you know, I with the I've wheel, Super and Gone with the wheel, yeah. and uh, Monaco GP from Sega again with this. Which, I was which is incredible. Super and Gone, like the the track was basically you were just moving on a. It was just the the track moving, not really the yeah. the bike. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Prozel. I think Prozel nailed most things right. Yeah. Also, we, like, I want to give my five cent opinion. Uh, we have to kind of think why arcades were popular back then. I think the whole market was there. Arcades were selling, were selling. Yeah. And video games were made for the arcades to be selling. So it was a cycle. Yeah. I don't, nobody now is developing games for an arcade, and, and nobody ever will be. So there will ever be a niche, maybe one day with streaming, with bar, with Ludo bars and Ludo pubs, it'll be a huge niche that will make 
maybe millions of dollars, but it always be very niche and not as popular as it it was. Like kids wouldn't, you know, go out and stop playing Call of Duty f- to go to an arcade. Maybe they will, but not. I mean, actually, it's in, really in hard Japan, to predict. in Japan, they do. You see, Japan, they do. It's really hard to predict what kids will do because nobody expected kids to go out and play Pokemon Go and and just make friends on the streets and talk with strangers and capture Pokemon on the go. Nobody would have ever expected something like this, but it happened. Mm. So who knows? But as Prozil was saying, there is a matter of peripherals. Like in Japan, sure. there's all these new games that you can find in the Japanese modern arcades. The peripherals, the controllers, the the, the concepts are really unique. You cannot play these at home. Yeah. And I think that we have never received an influx of new arcade games to show people that they have to go back to the arcade. If we received games like this, you know, where you have all the instruments, where you have this one, for example, I, I played it. It's some sort of circular touchpad where you have to touch the circular frame as like a as like a hole and you have to touch the frame around it to interact. And, um, you know, if they could see this new generation of particular games, maybe there could be a, an incentive, but yeah, so I don't see this happening. I'm, there has to be somebody investing yeah, a lot of exactly. money for the sure. The initial investment is pretty steep, but I liked what Prozil was saying about the idea of creating a virtual uh, museum or virtual arcade where you go in and play a few cents to stream. And I think that this is an idea that both Amazon with Luna and Google with Stadia completely, uh, over, completely overlooked they completely forgot about this idea. They could have done something like, instead of saying, give me five pounds a month, give me 10 pounds a month and you play, instead of doing something that needs you to commit so much, how about they did something about, give me 25p, give me 25 cents to have a go at the game. And when you die, you have to pay again. So you literally as if it was coin op coin-operated again and they play normal games where you imagine playing Dark Souls paying every time you die but still people would probably play it isn't that gambling though it's not gambling it's just entertainment nah, by nice the time. minute I mean it that's... depends on you yeah because yeah. you don't put the there is nothing at stake and they... so it's not only luck based there, yeah. is a, there is a skill behind it. okay yeah that makes sense actually that that will be. I've been in this. Yeah, I've been in this. Yes. That's snake. That's a yes. that's a big uh, picture. It's a real life uh, snake. That's super potato. Uh, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's a real size snake. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And now with COVID, I'm sure everything is shut down, right? Um, Japan. I think they use, they reopened everything in Japan pretty much, but people are not going out as much. That's what I can see from uh, from my views on on of Tokyo recently. And yeah, and the candies are cool. Yeah, people buying a lot of candies and food and stuff in in the arcades in Japan. Again, something that is very different here in Europe. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot for your opinions. This is going to be quite interesting, and we will review this subject in the future again because a part of me just doesn't want to have this this whole culture disappear. And hopefully, hopefully, it will be kept alive in Japan. But maybe there will be a resurgence in digital form one day because sure thing after covid it's not gonna be easy for the arcade business to ever survive in the west but maybe this if we do crane machines with this creepy mask maybe that will surely work i for fuck's I sake what buy, is i will this? pay for that this is terrible what is, is dole what is dole i buy bananas which are called dole this is literally that it's fruit isn't it fruit? I guess it's fruit. My bananas are, are branded Dole. There you go. Maybe Jesus. maybe that's something that would, you know, get you. Look at anyway, that. The... You can play you can play as a DJ in this video game. You see, make a video game yeah. like that again, and people would actually play it. I'm sure there's a way to make this thing work in Europe. Come on. I think there's just not enough money. Yeah. You know. For pushing that yeah i don't think there's enough crazy people like us that would actually create a video game museum slash new video game arcade to celebrate old yeah. games uh, and new 
games. And with that, we complete our segment and invite you guys to follow our YouTube channel and follow the podcast. I will see you guys very soon. We have something interesting coming up. Slightly painful, because it's Metal Gear related. I'll see you guys very shortly in the next video. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Talk To You Late again. In this segment, I'm joined as usual by Mick and Brazil. There you go, popping out with super crazy effects that are really expensive for us at the Talk To Late show. So make yeah. sure you support us by installing the Brave browser, which you can find in the links in the description. It's completely free to do so and you support us in doing so. We have to pay the guys that animated the dragons in Game of Thrones to allow that effect from Brazil. Same guys. It's the same also, it's the same guys that do special effects at The Walking Dead. Especially, <laughs> especially like you the remember? lions. My god. The Walking Dead. No, no, it was a deer, I think. There was a deer, there was a fake deer at some point. We were shocked <laughs> that it could the have... Deer, the, do you know that the deer was released? So basically, if you, the, depending which version of The Walking Dead you're watching, that deer has been fixed. <laughs> you should check on YouTube. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that special dead. effect of the deer. What? It's terrible. Is walking dead is gone so bad. I can't, I can't bad. find an image on YouTube on on Google. Did they removed? There you go. We're looking at the deer. I think it was somewhere around here that the, that made the deer. Yeah, looks. that's correct. This was the episode. Yeah, I can't find an image though. Which I don't understand what they do in the park. I think the Negan oh, well, yeah. saga destroyed the whole thing. Where's the CGI idea? We're getting a slightly sidetracked, but this is important. Yeah, well, there's a... Oh, there you go. Yep. Jesus, look at the deer. My God. Look at that. Oh my God. I, oh, I didn't remember it was that bad. It's really, it's really... It's also animated, but the animation actually stops. Look at this. It's a MOV. It's a dark <laughs> MOV. It's completely super lit. It's, it's probably like 3 FPS. It's really lit. Like the the color coding, the color grading is completely different than the rest. Oh my god. Oof, that was a jump in the what past. But speaking of jump in the past, we have this article from two years ago. An article from the 9th of October. 2019. Why is this important? Why is this relevant? Why is this painful? Because this is about Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 arriving as backward compatible to Xbox One in their HD version, HD edition. This is a sweet game. If you never played the Metal Gear or any Metal Gear, the game that you want to play, the version that you want to play is the HD collection, which is available on all platforms. But in recent time, there you go, actually Mick is showing it, we have it in physical form, fantastic. But it's disappearing because of the crazy cyberpunk effect. But anyway, another reason why this game is uh, relevant and this day is because very recently Konami woke up one day and they realized, you know what, we used to make games, don't we? Why don't we take an old games, one of ours, that people like? and sell it again on a, sh on a store on PC and they did so and they brought a bunch of games to the GOG website to the GOG store to the goodoldgames.com store we're talking about games such as Metal Gear the original then Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2 not the Metal Gear 2 the sequel of the first Metal Gear but yeah, this game's now arrived on PC and people are starting kind of freaking out now because these versions are not the best incarnation possible of the games. But still, it's interesting that these people are now officially available, even though they were already available in the past. Anyway, I want you guys, uh, I want you, I want to ask my two guests if they know anything about this, if and if they actually are going to play these two games on PC now, especially our PC Master Race that guy that always talks about PC Master Race. There you go, PC I'm Master sorry, Race Brazil. guy. I'm sorry, I'm gonna take the floor right here. I need to say this. You always, yes. you always push the Master Race 
agenda, okay? And I, uh, I'll let you do that, because fair enough, you also have a point, so it's fair. But this is one such occasion where playing on PC is not the best way to play. Uh, on the contrary, this is one of those such occasions where developers just shit all over PC gaming, because we, we can take it, like, we're the strongest guys in the world, we can take every hit, you can keep punching us, we don't care. These games were already available on PC, these games are exactly the Windows XP slash ME slash 2000 version of these games. Yeah. But those games came out very broken as every game in 2000 used to come out on PC. Yeah. Soul River, it's it's a, it's one of those examples. It's still on Steam. You can actually buy the first Soul River on Steam and it's completely broken. There is a thousands of patch. There is actually one patch or two that you can install and it'll fix most of it. Uh, this game, same thing. When it came out on PC, it was completely broken because especially Japanese developers and every kind of developer now doesn't really care about PC porting. So they did a terrible job and the uh, the fans actually fixed the games with the years. So, so these games were out, they had a massive patch that would fix everything. Uh, and uh, Konami was like, you know what, let's re-release them broken as they were in the 2000s. They did Everybody that. will want to buy that. Yeah, right? they did that. They pretty much, as far as I understand, what they did was they took the game and they repackaged they didn't yep. recompile the game, they simply repackaged nope. it in a way that it could be executable. Yep, exactly. On Windows 10 or 7 yep. or 8. And literally exactly. it's that game exactly as it was. It's like probably a week work of uh, yeah. like it's, it's really, developing. It's really, it's really sloppy, I don't know why they did that. But as you said, PC gaming never falls completely on its ass and falls always lands somehow on its two feet because there are a lot of community-made patches that made uh, that made it possible to actually play I the game. I think, though, these patches now will not work on this. I haven't really checked, but from, from my, my sources tell me that you can no longer use the patches on this new GOG hmm. uh, version of the games. Because it's, it's technically a different kind of architecture. It's the same game, but it's, it's different. And one of the things that kind of weirds me out I don't know why GOG, nobody, like, usually greedy developers don't like GOG because GOG is the number one place, GOG is, is amazing because it's DRM free, but it's so DRM free that it's highly uh, used by piracy to basically, you know, rip buy off, the game. Rip and, off the game, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And Konami, it's, I mean, we know that Konami is yeah. greedy. Why GOG? I don't know. It's kind of Thanks giving the game away for free. I know why they did it. Because nobody... No. They did it because they wanted to say, I'd rather give it away for free than to let Sony have it for the rumored, <laughs> for the rumored remake. So there, in your face, I'll give it away for free. People will pirate it, but I'm not giving my Metal Gear IP to PlayStation 5 because that's the latest or, or rumor. Or Steam. Or Steam. Or Steam. That's the latest rumor that I want to throw in your face as well. Metal Gear Solid 5 is coming back. The rumors are intensifying and our bodies are vibrating more and more. And um, it might just be a PlayStation 5 console exclusive. Now, the question that I have for you both, because this game and this saga is really dear to our heart and uh, it's been a major title in our, you know, in our education as gamer. And um, I want to ask you guys two questions straight pronostico which i cannot find the word in english prediction Prognostic. let's say prediction is this actually happening you think is this actually is it really in the work a remake and the other question that i'll ask you later after that is if you guys think it's actually needed and uh how you guys feel about any developer out there touching a game like that knowing that Kojima is probably not going to be involved so Mick Prozil is Metal Gear Solid 5 happening? Uh, I think it's happening shit uh, I think it's happening also as, as an until it's happening when it comes to is it something we would like uh, be wish uh, what you're wishing for 
uh, pay attention to what you'll be wishing for because uh, I don't think this should be remade for many reasons, one of which is uh, David Ada probably is not going to be there. You got a lot of voiceover, voice acting to remake. Uh, uh, even if you give it to Blue Point, uh, they should keep the same audio. So I don't think that's happening because we have seen Konami in the past not keeping uh, Silent Hills uh, 2 and 3 uh, audio altogether. So it goes for a lot of you know engine and things that weren't saved. Uh, I don't believe they have the same for Metal Gear, so all this stuff maybe lies within Kojima and shouldn't be touched, so to me it's, it shouldn't be remade. And we have seen with Twin Snakes that it's not the best of remakes. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. funny what you said, we'll come back to that, Prozil, because you said, yes, it's happening, no, I don't want it to happen. How does Mick uh, feel about this? What, is it going to happen and what do you think should happen? Okay, I think first of all, this is a rumor and we have to tread lightly with how cool. we speculate. It's but totally We can still happened. be angry. <laughs> <laughs> we can still be angry about it, even though it yes. doesn't end up happening. Okay, Bluepoint is actually a very good professional company. Mm. And uh, I think that they have rarely made, I don't know, like terrible porting, terrible remakes. Uh, what I think happen is Sony really speaking a lot with Bluepoint for Demon Souls because Demon Souls it's really it's really gonna sell a lot of PS5 I think and somebody at the office was like well you know we could even do a Metal Gear at some point <laughs> but we could I guess and that's the rumor so far I, I think that's all that happened officially mm-hmm. now Bluepoint would love to do that Sony would love to do that. Konami, just give money to Konami. They're fine with everything. Yes. Um, so it's really like, it's not a matter of will it happen. It's a matter of when will it happen. And um, unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't want it. I, I don't want it. If this happens, I will, no, I will never buy a Bluepoint product ever in my life. Bluepoint, don't do this. Don't lose me. Don't lose me like that, Blue Point. It's, I still believe in you. It's an interesting, it's an interesting, interesting prospect because we have, in theory, if Blue Point Studios was in charge of making such a game, we should be happy, we should be faithful, and hopeful. But yeah, we don't, we don't really want to see it happen. My prediction, personally, is that it's never gonna happen. It's not happening. I think that this rumor. I'm not gonna judge the rumor because this stuff happens and these rumors are intensifying in a certain way but I guess that they're really trying to keep it secret. It isn't expected because of the relationship between Konami and uh, Kojima but I think that going back to Metal Gear Solid, the original game, it is still possible. It is, it is more likely to have a remake of Metal Gear Solid than to have Metal Gear Solid 6. Oh yeah, true. So a sequel it's out of question, but maybe yeah. a remake, it can still be in the hands of Konami to play around with it. And I think it's not happening unless we finally see the movie happening. Because remember there was a movie being discussed. And, I don't think we will. And that has gone kind of nowhere as well so unless that stuff also moves positive positively i don't think konami or anyone else will actually go back i want to finish this section with one question because how would you do it i explain how would you do it would you do a remaster let's say you take you take metal gear solid as a blueprint and you do it with the sort of engine of Metal Gear Solid 5 and you redo all the voiceovers, you redo everything, you have to really kind of recreate everything. Or you actually simply take Metal Gear Solid, you stay really faithful and you keep the same voiceovers, you keep the same audio, the same audio facts, you simply upscale all the texture you recreate the polygons, you recreate anything that you can improve 
but you just literally do not change the gameplay. What do you guys think? The second one, if I add the second one. So you would like yeah, a, fa sure. a faithful, just a retouch that makes it better to play, but doesn't actually remake. Yeah, uh, maybe I would add, you know, some feature to change. For instance, the touchpad to do something like that. That would be cool. No more than that. So every... oh, I wouldn't even implement 3D audio or anything like that. A remaster instead of a remake. I totally agree, but if they would want to brag and show the PS5 hardware and engine, that's never going to happen. Hmm, if you, if also... it will happen, it's going to happen heavy. Imagine that if you... If you want to be faithful to Metal Gear gameplay, you you need to keep that camera. The game was designed that way. So either you make a, you know just a remake uh, and you sell it for little, same as I would do for Ridge Racer or games like that. Mm -hmm. I would do something like that. Uh, would be really cool having a Ridge Racer remade, like with haptic feedback, for instance. Uh, mm -hmm. Keep it the game simple and would cost much less. Just remake the polygons. And then you go do something like Monkey Island where you, you press select and you go back. Oh, I would love that. I would love yeah. that. But the, those things, they don't do. happen anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Nobody nobody but, does it like that anymore. Yeah. But with Monkey Island, it's very easy because you, you've oh, got yeah. the, same, the same thing. Uh, same, same 2D thing, just upgraded. Even what Halo you... does that. Even the Halo Master Chief collection, oh. Master Chief, has a, like a button you can revert to graphics which is awesome it's what i've always loved about this kind of remasters but blue point is probably if, if blue point will be behind it, it's going to do something more akin to demon souls which it's promising i mean demon souls looks identical but modern mm -hmm. uh, so i don't know we maybe we probably the, the good news is that blue point might not screw it up the bad news is that it's it could happen the bad news is that it could happen. Very good, very good recap of the situation. With that, guys, I'm going to complete the segment and end the episode of this week. So we're going to see each other two weeks from now again for our next episode of Talk Too Late, the show in which we retrospect on games and industry news of two years ago. I'm going to let you guys uh, give your coordinates. I want you guys to support the Game Too Late uh, channel and the Talk Too Late shows, you can do so by following me, Game Too Late, on Facebook and check out our podcast on your uh, on podcasting platform. Make sure you follow our Twitch channel, but most importantly, make sure you follow our two guests, Mick and Prozil. Do you want to invite our guests? Sure, you can find me at twitch.tv slash mickmayo. I'm there every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. Now, every Friday, we even shave my head on the live stream. But you do that every Friday? I think so. I like it. All right. All right. Cool. And what about Prozil? What do you shave on a Friday night on your stream, Prozil? <laughs> there is no shaving. You can find me Prozil. Twitch.tv slash Prozil. You play too much. Uh, the channel is resting for a little while until I go back to UK and then I'll resume streaming probably Last of Us 2 with uh, Last Platinum in the pipe. Yeah, Last Platinum to catch before you get to 100. Guys, thanks a lot for your participation again to the Talk Too Late shows and I wish you guys a good uh, weekend and a good time. Thanks everybody that is watching and listening and I'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.